Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, the only industrial safety podcast that brings you common sense advice on job site safety, standards, regulations, and industry best practices without putting you to sleep. Welcome to Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, episode four. We're back again. They said it never lasts. <laughs> they said it would never last four episodes, but we did it. So once again, I'm Fred Redunzel with Quad City Safety, um, and I'm here with, with Dave White, um, here to spread some safety knowledge and uh, tell another safety tale. So We're here to have a good time and hopefully at least get people to think about safety. Yep. So, okay, here. Here we go. This episode, we're going to talk about eye protection. So That's one of the things we're going to talk about. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We might get some other stuff, but we'll talk about. Let's start with eye protection. Now, I handed this over to Dave and told him we were going to talk about eye protection. He sent me back a, a full paragraph about something that he was going to want, and I think he might have been on Ambien when he was talking about it because I can barely uh, figure out what we're trying trying to talk about. So yeah, let's 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 dissect this. All right, he said car dealership. Now he had a sign. Almost a buttload of in- eye injuries, just one short. What do you think you were trying to say there? So basically, that goes back to um, local insurance guy gives me a yell, and he's talking about uh, you know a car dealership, and uh, he's trying to renew them. And the problem is, you know, anytime you go up for renewal, everybody's going to obviously look at the incidences that they, that they had, and in and around uh, what they were doing was a load, a load of eye injuries to the point where, you know, this renewal is not going to happen. Carrier comes back and says, you know, you need to kind of get this under control. So kind of doing a walkthrough and, you know, it was that classic case of somebody being cheap. And as we go through it and start looking, it's like, wow, bunch of uh, 75 visitor specs you know sitting all over the place and walk completely through a shop which you know you got you got your mechanics you got you know you guys that are doing your bed liners and paint and stuff and welding and brazing and everybody's just standing around just you know nothing on plus you got the boss that walks into there while they're while they're actually doing all the work yeah and there and, he, and there's a sign that you know right when you walk in there yeah. it's like eye protection so you're like okay so we walk in there and there's obviously a need because again somebody did it but you know it's that classic example of you know we're going to go ahead and say that there's a hazard a hazard and then we're going to try to pretty much put uh the cheapest thing that we think might get us in and around it Right. But it's not going to do anything for the fact that, hey, you know, there's like a lot of different, uh, a lot of different hazards here. We're not going to deal with any of them. We're just going to play pretend that we're dealing with this. Yeah. And the whole thing is, you know, when you look, when we look at safety, is a lot of times people try to cheapen everything up. And you know, years ago, I, I believe it's a, it's a study that basically looks at the amount of money spent on safety. And, you know, they did it over, it was National Safety Congress did this study. And uh, anybody wants it, I'll look it up and send it to them. But the study basically went over time and said, you know, let's look at what 
our payback is on safety because there's a there's a payback on any safety. So if we train or we provide personal protective equipment or whatever we do is if we're not killing and maiming and driving up insurance costs and first aid costs and you know just the fact that you know if you hurt somebody you have to train somebody else to do the job and then we look at lost productivity you know all the costs that you know are not directly measurable to it is if we spend a dollar usually your payback's going to be like oh almost three dollars for every dollar that you spend but we still you know uh, a lot of employers approach it from the standpoint of Let's get to the letter of compliance, no, no more, and we're going to read compliance, you know, just like that whole thing of, yeah, they had 75-cent visitor spec, but they weren't dealing with anything that was going on. So you had people that were getting chemicals in the eyes, getting particulate in the eyes. Hell, they were, you know, brazing with, you know, probably had some sunglasses on or something like that, you know, just some gray-shaded stuff or whatever. Right, but, you know, the whole, the whole point that, you know, I came away with is, you know, well, the problem is that, you know, they've said, hey, wear eye protection here. And all they supplied people with was stuff that nobody would wear. Right. And it's that classic example, Fred, of where uh, what's the best PPE? Well, it's the stuff that you'll buy that people will wear. Right. So if we need to put them in Chicago Bears hair, hard hats to get them to wear a hard hat... Oh, what are we? Are we going to argue over a dollar or two, or are we going to go ahead and spend that dollar or two and get you know three or six dollars back, depending on what that payoff is? But you know the uh, or kind of maybe in the circumstance that you're talking about, it's getting them the right thing for the job that they're doing. Well, like yeah. you're bringing up the the grinders and the painters. One guy might need a goggle, or one guy might need this wider safety glass or uh, a female might need a more narrow safety well, glass. Well, yeah, you get, it, you get into, you know, whether it's ethnicities or whatever, you know, there's different face types. Wait, wait, what was that? Ethnicities. Ethnicities? Ethnic- yeah, there you go. All right, yeah, cool. Not, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Move so, on. So long, long and short of it is, you know, not everything's going to fit everybody the same way. So, you know, face types, I mean... I got a head on me like a bastard alley cat. So obviously the, the glass that's going to fit me and I'm going to prefer to wear is not going to be the one that, you know, let's say a more skinny svelte guy with a, kind of like a little baby beard like yourself. Yeah, but I got but a big I, dome. I got a big well, dome. Yeah, you do kind of you do kind of have a big head on yeah, you. Yeah, it's that, the Irish in me, I think. Right on. But, but again, it's making sure that when we go to pick stuff out, it's stuff that number one matches the hazard. So if we have something that, you know, Again, we've done a risk assessment and we've paid attention to what's going on around us. Does what we're uh, wearing match that? So, you know, we don't need to weld in, you know, sunglasses. We, if we're around chemicals, we, hell, let's go buy a goggle. Let's right. complement the glass with a goggle. You know, whatever that is, but it's matching it. And it's spending maybe a little bit more so that, that it's something that uh, people want to wear you know let's say it's a little fashion let's make it make it make it comfortable make it even something that makes you not look like a buddy holly you know reject trying to wear so yeah yeah i think you had mentioned like you got five different people they're doing five different jobs and they're all wearing the same thing like 
that should be something that someone walks in and says, you know, aha, we 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 realize it's an this aha guy's, moment. We realize this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that, but they just like, well, we we addressed uh, eye injuries because we got everyone wearing safety glasses. Now we put the sign up that says safety glasses are required. So we should be good. So we should be good to go. Yay. I think you had written, we killed the phantom in- injury monster that's been taking a shit on their safety bonus only to be thrashed by the real stuff hitting the fan when with something that should have already been known. Yeah, and some of it can be, you know, unfortunately, from now until the end of time, there's going to have to be the safety police. And again, going back to, I walked through a place that mandated... Thou shalt wear safety glasses, and no one was wearing them. So there was nobody, you know, not that everything should be enforcement, but somebody's got to pay attention. And again, you know, in in past episodes, we've talked about, you know, look out for your buddy. If he's doing something that's stupid or something that he shouldn't be doing, you know, let's, let's be, you know, let's love our brother. Let's love each other as a neighbor. Right. So, like, that's that's not the story technically for this week, but what kind of was the resolution of when you went in there with the insurance company yeah. um, or with whoever, the I guess, the client was, um, and they needed to get insurance. They, they, were phantom, to, they were slaying this phantom monster, and, it, you know, it was... It which, was, by the way, we need to create a phantom injury monster. Uh, right. That sounds like a good, like, logo or good mascot to go yeah, along with, I like with bacon. It. I like it eating safety crosses and everything. It would be pretty interesting. You can do it all. So what was the resolution? Well, the resolution was literally, I think we ended up with four different products, nothing that cost more than like seven or eight bucks per person. And I wanted to say that their premiums the next year renewed at about 20000 less. Okay. So for, you know, that's pretty, you know, if I could get a $20,000 payback on a couple boxes of some decent safety glasses, come on. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Right. But it was, it, was, uh, it was maybe a little bit deeper than that because part of it was an awareness. So, you know, we got to beat the drum. we got to put up the tent, have the, you know, the little safety revival, get everybody reading the good book of safety and doing the right thing. But my point is, is that there's a payback. And when we talk about safety, you know, there's the right thing to do, and there's a payoff for that, meaning we get to go home. Um, If we're safe, typically that's going to safeguard profitability of whoever the employer is, which, you know, if everybody's fair and taxes are right, you know, we're all going to allegedly share in the wealth. But at the end of the day, everybody should profit either from their safety and health or possibly financially, depending on where you're at in the equation, who you're at, whether you know, you know, it's a bonus or whatever for you know doing the right thing. I'm not a big proponent of that. You know, I think that you know every everybody should do that uh, fundamentally without you know, you know, do if we go ten years without a lost time accident, we're going to give you a coat, right, with, with something on it that says you got a coat because you're safe. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I think you can use things like that probably to promote a safety culture. Yeah, same, if you're going to have a barbecue, or we're going to give you brats on Friday. Recognition, if we make it through that. recognition is always a good thing. Okay. Well, I think now we can, we can get on to our, our this week's uh, safety tale. So, 
Dave, you got what's the story for this week? You know, the safety tale goes back to man when I was a kid, and it wasn't very long ago. The stupidest stuff that we did and the high injuries that we ended up with. One is I can remember, you know, a bunch of whites and masons running around North Tennessee, raising ten shades of hell. And easy, your last name's White. Yes. Yeah, not, you're talking about Kentucky, you know, yeah, like yeah, the Whites talking, yeah. and the Masons. I'm like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, right. But, you know, we would have bottle rocket wars. So bottle rocket wars it, uh, included a hacksaw, uh, lawn furniture, uh, regular bottle rockets, whistler bottle rockets, and basically we would cut up... Um, lawn chairs and that became your launching mechanism because after you burnt your hand enough trying to hold on and throw these things at each other you go there's got to be better ways to aim these things which ended up being guess what tubular aluminum from all the lawn chairs that you know some overweight person had gone through you know you remember those old folding lawn chairs that kind of had the yeah straps across them or whatever <laughs> right the woven uh, yes straps usually like a green color or yeah, whatever the, on a hot day it would just get baked into your legs oh. and you'd have the colors on the bottom of your thighs <laughs> right on yep and you know usually by the time that you know they're 15 seasons old and dry rotted some fat ass would go through one of break them. through them everyone would have a good old laugh yeah so <laughs> those would be the ones that we would <clears throat> end up taking taking the uh, hacksaw and kind of cutting up and modifying probably with a little duct tape and probably something to make the butt of a gun and then we would shoot them from there well what did we do we shot them at each other because that made the most sense we were having bottle rocket wars and uh, let's just say if you take a bottle rocket to the eye not a real good situation yeah it'll ruin your day and that was the that was kind of the the thing that we did and it wasn't again it was just being an, an ignorant kid, but it goes into the fact that every day in just about any work environment that's out there, people are doing pretty much the same thing as we were. But we were kids, and we were ignorant, and it was a long time ago. Gotcha. How about, uh, you got anything about a pool? Yeah, yeah, I think I mentioned that in... In an earlier episode, but again, oh, that's right. Yeah, we already we did talk about that. Yeah, kind of spilled spilled uh, chlorine, and again, not having any eye protection, and you know, it's it's kind of you know that was that was kind of uh, one that I could have done without because I kind of lost my vision for a week or two there. Yeah, uh, kids had a great time, but you know, I did end up with a little bit of liquid chlorine. That's right. Eye. We crossed over when we were talking eye wash. Yeah, no doubt. How about, uh, uh, I think you would mentioned something about, like, um, like things that were contagious. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody all, all knows, uh, you know, when you sit there and you talk about, uh, we will refer to it as a viral conjunctivitis, a.k.a. pink eye. And, you know, maybe somebody didn't wash their hands after, you know, kind of throwing down the deuce everybody's ended up with a little bit of pink eye every now and then a little deuce toss and that's where we'll 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 bring hygiene into safety so 
Sometimes when we're talking about eye injury, sometimes it's it's stuff that we get on our hands and we put into our eyes, and we may need to go to the doctor and, and uh, get, get some, get some medical, medical attention because, you know, viral conjunction eye is pretty contagious. And, you know, it's pretty much spread from, you know, I got it on my hands, kind of touched my face, touched my eyes. And, you know, <laughs> let's just put it this way. Not a good thing because you have that kind of that you wake up that next morning and you're like, man, if I could just get a warm rag on my eye, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be able to open it up. It's gonna kind of release all the pus and juice out there. So yeah, like I don't remember wearing a mask to bed when I wake up with cobwebs over my eyes. Yeah, and then you kind of wake up and you have that burning. Just it not not good, not good. Yeah, but people decided to tune in. They didn't think that they were gonna be listening to. Uh, Pink eye talk, but that's where uh, that's where Bacon took us on his Dave and Bacon safety. Well, bacon's a, bacon's a pig. Bacon's a nasty animal. Yeah. Tastes good. Not, not not the cleanest guy. No, yeah, that'll uh, get a little bit muddy, <laughs> not to say the least. So, no pigs don't have a sweat gland. Um, I feel like I knew that. I don't know if I knew that. Do most animals have sweat glands? I never touched yeah, a sweaty animal. Sweat, that's how they, they, they moderate temperature. But isn't that like like a dog sweats by like panting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tongue. So, you know, okay. getting that kind of... So every every animal kind of moderates uh, temperature different ways. Not sure why we went there, but, you know, they're yeah. nasty animals. You know anything else about uh, animal temperatures? What, we, what else you got for me? Anything? Oh, there's all kinds. I won't go there right now. <laughs> all right. Well, don't, it'll just get creepier. I think we've already, you know, viral conjunctivitis is already kind of... Yeah, this one might be getting away from us. Um, so main point of, of what your story is, so possibly like why your economy glasses are not doing the job. Well, um, I guess let's talk about some different eye risks on the job. So we got chemical, puncture, debris. Yep. What else do you think? Anything? Uh, you can think about the basic ones, and that's where it gets easy. But let's say we're walking through uh, a shop. Everybody's heard that uh, art pop on a welder, and 100% of the time, anybody that hears it wants to directly turn around and look at what the hell just happened there. And you find yourself looking at uh, some... Uh, <laughs> some radiation that's going to kind of burn that retina. Yeah. So I, I guess you kind of got to get out of the box and go, you know, you know, is there a potential that somebody's using lasers? Um, is there a chance for arc flash? So let's say that we're in, a, you know, an electrical hazard situation, working in a panel, and all of a sudden, you know, if there's an electrical arc, basically there is... Uh, we're basically staring at the sun because copper heated up to some cataclysmic, you know, degree and popped. And we need to get that uh, thermal exposure uh, as well as the radiation exposure away from burning our, you know, our retinas. Because once we burn that retina, well, we got an incident because most likely we're going to have to go to the doctor and you end up on an antibiotic and over time it treats it and then you end up like me you know so in my uh middle agedness i'm walking around and i'm like 
every time I, I look, I'm chasing something. I'm like, what is that? Oh, that's one of my floaters that I have. So we all kind of have these little things that we see in our eyes that are kind of float around where we've kind of damaged our vision over time. Oh, some, gotcha. of them, some of them can even be, you know. Almost like a little bubble. Yeah. See like a little kind of, bubble. Or it just this doesn't look right, this little thing. And then as you kind of try to try to look at it, you chase it off, you know, chase it off the path. Yeah, I feel like occasionally I'll almost feel like there's little bubbles in my eyes that I'm pushing on my eyelids to pop the bubbles. Well, they just never go away. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what that is. <laughs> but... I would say... Probably uh, should see somebody for that. Uh, I mean, I, I probably needed glasses for the past 15 years, but I'm, I'm not going that route. So I guess there probably are some other hazards when we're talking different shades that these glasses come in, um, you know, the different lenses, whether it's just a, a regular clear lens or maybe we need a lens that doesn't fog so that we can do the job correctly or a shaded lens or... An indoor-outdoor lens that might work for both. Um, so, really, we got to make sure that we're using the right protection, right eye protection, um, so that you can go home and see your family, right? Well, I would like to continue to see my family. They're pretty important to me. Um, Even though sometimes I want to kill them. Gotcha. How about differences in uh, glasses, goggles, face shields, side shields? Well, again, it gets into paying attention to what's going around us. You know, side shields, obviously, you know, if something, if you're looking straight at it and something's coming at you, you know, safety glasses is good. If you have people, let's say, you know, Elroy's beside you is working and he's working on a eye grinder or something and can throw something at you, you know, side shields can be become important. Um, getting into, you know, they, they even... Uh, Pyramix and some other people have some light shades. So usually, if you're cutting and brazing, you know, a shade three or a shade five. Some of them, if you're in a you know a uh, manufacturing situation or around a construction environment where people are are welding and and you just need kind of a base layer of protection, they have some low uh, IR shades to like. There's a shade two, so. It's not like you're walking around in the dark, but if you kind of happen to be like me and they pop that arc and you want to turn around and look at it, at least you're not you're not killing yourself there. Um, there's different mixes of glasses that have gaskets that are for that particulate matter. Uh, also, getting into again when we start talking about face shields, auto darkening lenses for welding situations. Um, face shields that some of them may be more geared towards um let's say um high impact so if it's something that you know like a basic uh, petg lens for your you know your standard headgear or whatever that you're popping in let's say that you have a higher impact situation maybe you need to go to an alexane or a polycarbonate um Maybe uh, you find that people are scratching up lenses and you might need to go to an acetate or you have a higher uh, chemical concentration where you're around where you'd like to wear a face shield accompanied by a safety glass. And that's one that's one that's often looked is a lot of people go, you know, I wear a face shield. Well, that's the second line of defense. You should always wear a safety glass first, 
And if you have the safety glass and you still need to keep from bouncing stuff off your face, that's the better way to think about, you know, a face shield is shielding thy face, not shielding thy, thy eye. Yeah, I would so, say that that one's, I mean, 90% of the time overlooked. If someone's wearing a face shield, they're not wearing eye protection. They, they seem to think that they're fine. Yeah. And it's, uh, that's not how the standard looks at it or the standards look at it and that's not how we should look at it either is we should use a face shield to protect thy face we should use eye protection i.e. safety glasses to protect thy eye okay now for for those of us that think we might be using the right safety wear we probably need to take another look at it with technology that's kind of come out with a lot of the foam foam back sealed like safety glasses um kind of going that direction might be your best bet. Yeah, and, and probably the biggest problem that people are having also is when we start looking at glasses, goggles, face shields, is people take them off, and it's like, why are you taking that off? And one of the things that keeps coming up a lot of times is fogging. Right. So we have to look at fogging because fogging can be fairly complex in itself in that, you know, Am I kind of me, who's kind of an overweight guy that kind of gets breathing heavy and, you know, causes fogging that way, meaning, you know, my head heats up and I'm causing the glasses to fog? Am I coming from a cold to hot or hot to cold situation that causes that to fog? Well, there's, number one, there's technology. It's 2017. Yep. And so there's aftermarket wipes um, that you can wipe down the the glass. There are treatments that'll come uh, on the glass. There's even glasses that have, you know, whether it's UVX or 3M or Radians, now have, uh, let's call them nanotechnologies that are impregnated into the polycarbonates that give them typically some level of inherence of fog resistance. Okay. I won't say fog proof. I'll, I'll stick by resistance there. Okay. I know like, not to switch gears on you, but like, are you aware of like, so windows, like windows in your house, the fogging becomes like an issue that people start complaining about. I know mm-hmm. I worked at a Lowe's for eh, really a couple of years and that was one of the things that, like, the window manufacturers like a Pella or, like, an Anderson or somebody like that would tell you was that it's completely unrelated. So this is just a Fred's tip for the day. If your windows are fogging up between the panes, that, has a, that means that there's some sort of leak in the window. So, like, somewhere in that, like, in between the window pane, the window is failing. So like your insulation value somewhere there's a leak. Well, they're typically filled with argon or you know some kind of. But you shouldn't see condensation from argon. No, but I'm saying typically in a window like that, that's going to be right a, a failure there. Yep. I mean there are some dual lens safety glasses like Pyramex makes an iForce, which is a kind of that dual lens technology that does very good in um, anti-fog situation how to say it provides anti-fog yeah when we're going from you know a temperature change because there is kind of that r value between the two lenses yeah, yeah there's some sort of venting but the, also the thing that they would tell you is if on the inside of your window 
that's where the moisture is happening. You can actually touch it and touch the moisture. That had to do more with the humidity inside of your house. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And that's that's kind of where yep. talking about kind of me being the chubby guy yep. is that that can be that can be the situation. So there. a lot of people are blaming, you know, their glasses, you know, fogging up where it might have more of an issue with the inside of your house having too much humidity. Is that Putting Can that I in. Use it. that now. It's the inside of my house. It's yeah, yeah. Nice the inside smell. of this house has got a little too much humidity <laughs> yeah, on it. Yeah, right. So my glasses are dripping. <laughs> you know, dripping sweat down there. Well, fall distances. Uh, uh, the biggest thing you have to pay attention to is we are trying to go. We know that we're going to fall. So when we look at fall distances, we have to go. Well, how tall am I? How long is the lanyard? Or when is it going to arrest? If there's a shock pack, how far is that going to expand? Is there going to be, you know, let's say we're on a lifeline, we could deal with stretch. Um, if we are in a harness, the harness is going to uh, it basically seize up or gain space because, you know, we don't wear it completely tight against the skin. so. We have that and the fact that we want to have a little bit of a factor before we actually hit the ground. So the biggest problem is a lot of times you'll see people that are, you know, five or six feet off the ground and they have this lanyard plugged in there. And uh, one of the reps that I travel with a lot of times, he he, he talked about how he was a, uh, a siding guy and they would use the old-fashioned uh, throw the rope over the roof, and they would kind of tie off on these 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 uh, these uh, uh, lifelines, and use a rope grab with a six foot shock absorbing lanyard, and they'd be working you know about three or four foot off the ground. But they felt like they were being compliant because they were using fall protection. But that's one where they erred uh, on the fact that they didn't really uh, do a fall calculation and. One would tell them if they have a six-foot shock absorbing lanyard and they're, you know, nine foot off the ground and they have a six, you know, let's go, let's go with a smaller person and go, we got, you know, we have a guy named Trey that's maybe like five <laughs> foot five and he goes to fall. I mean, five two yeah, on a good day like with lifts in his shoes, maybe <laughs> five five. Yeah. But you add that together and, you know, it doesn't take, you know, doesn't take a mathematician to really realize that, you know, that's not enough space. He's probably going to hit the ground. So again, let's go back through the fall calculation. Number one is length of the lanyard. So we go six foot. We go height of the marker. Let's just go six foot just for big round numbers. We're up to 12 foot. We take into the count that there's a shock absorber that's going to get us another three and a half foot. We put in a safety factor of two. All of a sudden, you know, we're trending to numbers that is right around 19 feet, 18 to 19 feet between where our feet are and where the ground is to keep us from hitting the ground. And at that point in time, when we fall, we're actually only going to be, you know, you could probably reach up with a knife and cut them down and they, you know, they'd stumble about a foot and a half, two foot. Yeah. But again, that's a misconception and if you think we're almost two stories and we have regular fall protection what what the hell what's that going to do 
that's where you know a lot of the personal follow limiters, aka SRLs. The there's a, the little yo-yo guys that uh, have a brakes a centrifugal brake system, kind of like a seatbelt in them. That hit are are very useful, and can limit those fall or you know the uh, the uh, fall distances because instead of that six foot, most of those are going to you know lock up less than three foot depending on you know there's a lot of different types of SRLs out there but again we don't have you know a six foot plus you know the shock pack nine so all of a sudden we're cutting we could cut seven foot out of that fall distance right okay question number two we had somebody on site kind of complain because we offer earplugs but somebody came in and said that we need to offer more than one type of earplug uh that that's true that you should offer more than one type because again it gets into you know form fit and function and some of it can be you know what we're trying to do with it but with different ear canals so you know somebody may have a a, a smaller ear canal we may have somebody that's just got you know big old coke can ear you know size things going in their head where you can't get those gauges yeah i mean big ones so um a lot of it is it's it's not one size fits all and you know going back to you know when we talked about face types and everything as it relates to safety glasses there's other issues to where one size is not one size does not fit all so we need to pay attention that um we can go for compliance for compliance sake would which would be Put up a sign, tell them they need to wear it, give them one. Uh, uh, the standard says that you need to kind of give them a variety. So you need to give them two or three choices, and you need to make sure that of those two or three choices, that they are ones that uh, uh, hit those different uh, ear canal sizes. Okay. Do, like, would a muff qualify? Like as an alternate, like an alternative. Yeah, theoretically, um, it's just that that would be that would both be the primary. So you just need to make sure, based on because a lot of times when you're talking about uh, hearing protection versus a muff, some muffs can be uh, lower NRR. So you need to make sure that you pay attention to what uh, uh, what decibel rating you're going to be in and what you need to be under, and make sure that you're getting the protection factor that you need out of out of that muff okay cool how about how about this one here's the third question rumor is that there's a yeah rumor is that there's a new first aid standard out what's up with that uh yes there is it's a compliance standard though so you know it's not that uh you have to have to have to have to but you should you should you should and the new standard it used to be that uh, Nancy kind of came out there and said, hey, you need to make sure that you have these seven components in your first aid kit. And as long as you do that, man, you're going to be all right. Well, they really did kind of dress it up a little bit. And there's a couple different ways that it's looked at is, you know, there's an A and a B now. And the A and the B looks at... Um, if we don't really have a chance of hurting anybody, 
obviously we don't need the same as if we have we have a chance of cutting somebody's arm off. So when we look at the build of the kit, the build of the kit can be towards more hazardous versus less hazardous. So if we're just uh, worried about the fact that we're in a, let's say we're in a restaurant, you know, hopefully unless we're at Benihana and somebody's flipping knives or whatever, we don't really have to worry <laughs> right. about, you know, knocking anybody's, you know, appendages off or whatever. We don't, we don't need that kit that has the more catastrophic stuff that realistically when you get to those more harmful environments you need to look at and go, do we maybe need to have a tourniquet? Uh, do we maybe, you know, what what other first aid items do we need to possibly have that's not in our base kit? The next one comes into where are we storing the kit? So is it indoor? Is it outdoor? Do we need to seal it for moisture? So, you know, there you, you have your A's and your B's and then you have a, a one through four. So the standard that's come out, again, looks at, at and again, it's a compliance standard that looks at the build of the kits based on the hazards that are around and then where we're storing those uh, kits specifically. All right, cool. That's good info. I, I definitely know that first aid is kind of a a topic that, yeah, I'm going to buy the kit. I'm just going to buy the little the little kit that's already pre-sold. and that's Everybody, that's goes, everybody you know, is that the worst thing on the planet? No, not really because here's the first thing is number one is if you guys are out there and you're going well we buy first aid supplies all the time yeah you need to you need to look at the stop sign and you need to stop and you need to really sit down (laughs) why are we buying so many first aid supplies yeah and have a talk with yourself because if you're sitting there and you're repairing the fact that you've damaged you put holes in people or whatever you know whatever reason that you're you're having to administer first aid to uh, you probably haven't done the first line of assessing risk and making sure that you've engineered out and if you haven't engineered and you haven't put the PPE in then you got you got an issue so it's a little bit bigger so if all of a sudden you're like damn who used the last band-aid number one why have you used you know a 250 calorie <laughs> box of band-aids why is everyone bloody looking like a toddler <laughs> yeah right on yep so all right, time for your favorite segment, the dumbass of the week. It's the dumbass of the week. This week, we're going to call this person Brandon. Brandon seems like a good name, right? Yeah. Well, Brandon's grandmother bought him a brand new pair of safety glasses. And these safety glasses that Brandon got are some sweet-ass Oakleys. They're white. <laughs> He's got... <laughs> he's got the slicked back hair. He's got his white safety, you know, his white Oakley safety glasses. He's looking sweet. And Brandon installs sighting for a living. So they're in a dusty environment. So Brandon puts his cool ass Oakley safety glasses on and he's ready to go work for the day. He's sun's out, guns out. He's ready. To, he's ready to go. Well, so everything goes great for Brandon today. Tomorrow, Brandon wakes up and it's a cloudy day. And so Brandon goes, and he's going to install his siding with his power nailer, but his safety glasses sit on top of his head. And so today, Brandon's shooting safety nails 
one of those nails backs up on old Brandon. Safety nails? Or whatever, whatever you call them. <laughs> Maybe uh, we should start selling safety nails. I like the concept. Safety nails that they don't injure. Yeah, right. They only go into the siding. They don't actually injure someone. It's like a Brad nailer or whatever you put in siding with. And the thing backs up, bounces off, and shoots Brandon right in his goddamn eye. <laughs> and while it's not funny, I mean... People, we've all, we've, we see this stuff every day. <laughs> so, what should have Brandon done differently, Dave? Uh, well, I, I think I heard you say that uh, they were pretty much sunglasses. They were a safety glass, but they were shaded, so Brandon thought they were sunglasses and he looked cool. Yeah, he, well, he thought he looked cool, but again... When you, they were actually providing Brandon some sort of a function that he didn't realize. They were, but when you look at the, uh, what goes back to one of the rules of thumb is what is the right safety, uh, personal protective equipment, the stuff that people will wear. So if you take your personal protective equipment off to do your job, you have the wrong damn thing <laughs> on. And if you only have a shaded pair of safety glasses... What are you going to do when it's not sunny out and you're trying to see stuff? Maybe you need to have a clear pair, Brandon. Uh, Brandon, you're a dumbass. Brandon's a dumbass this week. Now, we weren't looking really for this to become a regular thing since we did it a couple episodes ago, but there are too many I songs out there to avoid. There's a, a million I songs. What's your favorite? It's got to be Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> Is it's the Eye of the Tiger. It's the thrill of the fight. Oh, uh. Those guys, those guys. You can't see me now, but Survivor's got me running around our... Uh, oh, he's got Rocky on the brain. Yeah, our, uh, <laughs> our little podcast studio that we have here. How about Hall & Oates? Private eyes <laughs> watching you. Oh. They see I, I thought you were too, too young for uh, that My dad one. was a Hall & Oates guy. Oh, okay. I didn't think that that was self-inflicted yeah, right there. The, which I don't know which one had the sweet sweet ass mustache. <laughs> that was Oates, right? I think so. He I kinda can't had, remember. Kind of looked like guys. a young Baba Booey. How about a uh, brown eyed girl? Oh, that's a classic. That's a, that's a good one. Again, man, you're going old school today. Man. All the I ones that came into my mind were were old school. You got Frankie Valley. Oh, you're just too good to be true. And you are. Can't Good take Lord, my eyes off of you. You're going way backwards, man. You'd be like heaven to touch. Oh. Anyways, or this one only comes in because the movie Superbad. You know oh, the movie boy. Superbad? Yeah. All right, so it's, he's got. A, there's a scene in there where he's singing, I guess, guess who? These eyes are crying. These eyes have seen a lot of love, but they're never going to see another one like I had in you. <laughs> They, oh, were at, goodness they were at the fair a couple years ago or somewhere, or River Roots downtown that they were yeah, there. So The Guess Who. The Guess Who, yeah. Yeah, when you said Guess Who. What? It's the Guess Who. I wasn't saying Guess Who. I'm talking about The Guess but Who. you just broke out, I mean, you broke out like almost like 50s, 70s, I didn't 80s. get past the 80s. Yeah, I was getting ready to That's say That's for it. sure. You need to well, come out with some new I, I was 82. Yeah, I was getting ready to say Wow. So, so we need some new I songs oh, to come cool. out there. All right, did you want to talk uh, any news? I guess you had a conversation earlier this week with the new president of Pure Safety. Yeah, uh, Pure Safety, you know, there's uh, some new digs going on, and basically Pure Safety is taking over uh, Guardian and Guardian Fall Protection and Web Devices. 
So we're going to give those guys a shout out and go, you know, we look forward to seeing where y'all take it, but it sounds like there's going to be some interesting things that go forward. Um, and just really look for, you know, the newness to come out and see where, uh, whether it's product innovation or services come out, we're excited to see that happen. Cool. Well, I think that's about all we got for this week. Uh, it's been real, but I guess that's enough for today. That was episode four. Hope you liked the show today. We got and you got at least one little nugget of value out of it. It's at least uh, more valuable than listening to the new. Or you uh, can at least laugh and go, "These guys are idiots." Yeah, these guys We're are dumb okay dumbs. There's more value though than listening to the new uh, Taylor Swift album on your drive. Hopefully. Yeah, I I was uh, yesterday when I was in the gym. Uh, probably one of the best things I've seen in a while. You in the gym? Yeah, I was actually in the gym. All right. Now that's breaking news. Sweat to the old. <laughs> that's breaking news. But uh, it says every time you don't re rack your weights, Brandon or uh, what's his name Bieber, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber makes a new song. Uh, I'm, see, one, I'm a Bieber. I'm going to re rack my weights because that's awful. I'm a Biebs fan. Oh my goodness. I don't care who you are. Uh, this guy can put out some hits. All right. Well, if you're enjoying this. And why wouldn't you? And you want more, subscribe to the podcast. That way, every time a new one drops, it'll show up right on your phone, ready for your enjoyment, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Next week, the plan is to talk all things first aid. Or, what's referred to as the oh shit, what happened episode. We got a little bit into it. Yep. But if you can't wait for more of Dave and Bacon's safety tales, you can visit the Quad City Safety blog. Hit us up on any of our social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, same as you, same as everybody else. Please leave us comments, questions, any feedback on eye protection or really anything else in the safety realm, and we'll address it on the next show. Remember, safety has no quitting time. We will see you for the next episode. Thanks. Thanks for listening in to Dave and Bacon's Safety Tales, brought to you by Quad City Safety. Send us your questions on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at Quad City Safety, hashtag Safety Tales, or email them to Fred at QuadCitySafety.com. He's the guy keeping this mess of a show in line. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a kick-ass way to show that you care about safety.